0: John chapter 15, starting in verse one, when uh, I I had a boss that tells a story that goes like this, that he was on a bus, like a charter bus going to a camp. I think it was camp. uh, And while he was a teenager and as he was on this bus ride, it was kind of long. So he brought snacks. And if he's a good teenager, you know, he brought snacks that had zero nutritional value, but tasted delicious, right? Because that's just how it goes. And so he's crushing. I mean, just imagine whatever your favorite candy slash salty snack is that's not good for you but you love it and you will binge eat it for hours upon hours. Just imagine whatever that is and just imagine him eating that. And so he's consuming nothing that's helpful to his body, but it tastes delicious to him for hours upon end on this bus ride. And maybe even on the way home he's doing so. And he gets to the point, he tells his story, he gets to the point in his brain where he finally understands, I feel awful. Like I just feel disgusting because something is wrong in here. Mostly because for the past few hours I've eaten nothing that my body can use. And so that's not good, right? So his body is now feeling bad. And he resolves in his brain, I need to eat some, this is the phrase he used, I need to eat some real food. I need to eat some real food. In his teenage mind, he resolves, I need to eat some real food. Okay, that's great. And so I'm listening to this story. And as he tells it, this is what he resolves is real food. He resolves after all of that junk, he's like, man, I don't feel great. I need to go eat some real food. And so he resolves to go get some real food at this place called Burger King. That was his real food. Now, for some of you, you're like, that's what I'm talking about. That place is awesome. I love it. For those of you who are aware of the fact that there's no nutrition in it, he goes to Burger King to provide something for himself that it never actually could. He was robbed of nutrients on the bus, so he goes to Burger King to get the nutrients that he's looking for. He went to a place to find something that it actually was never meant to provide. And at the same time, it may have not even provided nutrients. It may have actually made his feeling worse. Now, why do I tell you that? Because this. This is how it is with us as followers of Christ, and our desire and need for rest. We desire rest, we're aware of it, we feel crummy, our bodies are tired, we're anxious, we're stressed, and we're, gosh, I just need rest. But the places that we go to find rest are places that were never meant to give us that thing. And in fact, as we go to those places, What we find is the opposite of rest. What we find is it actually just feeds the problem. And the Bible offers a better solution to where to find that rest. If you've been with us for the past few weeks, we've been in this series called Fight. And the effort of this event is to identify the things that rob us of affection for God and then to identify the things that actually promote or stir up affection for God. What can I do that actually grows my love for God. So the first week we looked at what are the enemies of our affection. What are the things that actually rob us of loving God? And then for the the weeks gone by and the weeks ahead, we're looking at what are things that actually promote grow our love for God. So we looked at how reading the Bible grows our love and how praying reads our love. And if you're with me now, that you're understanding that how we're going to look at how does rest stir up love for God in us. So if you're there, John chapter 15, starting in verse one, I'll read one through eleven. For apart from me, you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. By this my Father is glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so prove to be my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. So I think at this point, it's probably helpful for us to identify what rest is not and what rest is. So let's just, let's just debunk whatever thought you have in your mind about what rest might be. So what rest is not? Rest is not a disconnection from all things or an inactivity for whatever it is that you would do. Rest is not a disconnection from all things or just simply inactivity in your life. You can think of it like this. Maybe you even describe it like this. I just need to veg out for a little while. And so in today's world, you engage in all kinds of things like Netflix and you binge watch. And here's how, here's how good Netflix is. They don't even need you to touch the remote. It's just like we're queuing up the next episode and then it cares enough about you just like hey babe are you still watching? And you can click one button and it's like yes I am and it queues up the next episode. You don't even have to do anything. It just it just promotes the fact that like I'm going to be here for a few hours. And so we binge Netflix. Or we run to social media and it's a way for us to just escape and we scroll and we scroll and we scroll. We find ourselves on Instagram or Twitter or Snapchat or YouTube or whatever. And all of a sudden, two hours are gone because you fell down the hole and you couldn't get out because you were looking to rest. And maybe it's not not social media. Maybe it's not Netflix for you. Maybe you go to a video game console. And it's where you escape. You enter into a digital world that is not your own. And you just wield a gun and kill everyone in your path. Because this is where you escape. But it's interesting. It's interesting that the places that we typically go to find rest actually aren't providing us rest. In fact, some, some stats would say that things like binging Netflix, things like Just hours on scrolling on social media actually cause more stress in you. Because as you look on social media, what you start to do is this. You start to compare. Oh, she got to do this. Oh, she's with him. Oh, that she said this. Oh, he's doing this. Oh, their life seems put together. Oh, this is going on. And what was meant to just be this place of a bunch of social networking has now been a, a place where you're stressed out now. Because you're comparing your life. You binge watch on Netflix, and at the end of it, what you thought, man, I'm going to feel so rejuvenated at the end of this. But after you, like, come out of your, like, trance for the three hours you were staring at the screen, you're like, what have I done today? I think there's some, like, Cheeto dust on my face. And And sometimes you actually feel worse. What meant to be restful has actually caused you more stress it's because you went to a source to find rest that was never actually meant to give it to you see that's part of our problem we want rest we know that we want it but the places that we run to find it never give it because they were never meant to and so for many of you that that's what it looks like you want to veg out you say things like i just need some me time i need some me time listen As a fellow introvert, I like being by myself. I value it. But the question on the table should be, can we find rest in the middle of busyness? Your lives are busy. In fact, you are a generation that is probably the busiest teenagers have ever been on the planet in the universe ever. You're like, I have 17 AP classes, also I'm an SAT prep, and I'm also on four varsity sports. Additionally, I'm in piano, and I'm also learning to play the violin, and I'm mastering this video game. Also, I'm writing a computer program because it's necessary for college. And it's just like, why? Like, what is happening? Because you are a generation of teenagers that could not be more busy. Either it's promoted by your schools, promoted by your parents, or it's stuck in your brain. I have to do these things. And you're on the hamster wheel, and you're stressed out all the time. You're stressed out because of school. You're stressed out because of sports. You're stressed out because of band. You're stressed out because, oh my gosh, I have to apply for college. I know I'm a freshman, but it's important. Like my counselor, she came to me and she's like, if you're not in the top 5%, you're not going to make it. What are you going to do in your life? You're like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I don't know, ma'am. I'm 14. I'm not sure. And you panic. And so you get on the hamster wheel and you're exhausted. And you're like, man, I just need some rest. Like, I just need to to rest for a little while. And so what you do is you turn on the game or you turn on the phone or you turn on the computer or you turn on the TV. And you check out. Looking for rest but never actually getting it. So the question then is, what is real rest? And where do we get it? Here's how we're going to define real rest. Here's our definition. I'll read it a few times. Real rest is this: it is refreshment at a soul level found through a disconnection from life-robbing sources and a connection with a life-giving source. Rest is this: refreshment at a soul level found through a disconnection from life-robbing sources and a connection with life-giving sources. That's what we're going to run with. Disconnection and connection. So that's real rest. But where's this found? We're going to look at John 15 to get our answer to where real rest is found. Here, here, I'm just going to put it on the table for you. Real rest is found in connection to Christ. Real rest is found in connection to Christ. The language that John 15 will use is real rest is found in abiding in Christ. Real rest is found in connection to Christ. To Christ, Because, here's the first thing, Jesus is the source of our rest. Look back at verse 1, John 15 verse 1. Jesus is the source of our rest. I am the true vine and my Father is the vine dresser. I am the place that gives life. That's what Jesus says. I am the source of life. I am the true vine. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away. That's the Father he takes away. And every branch that does not bear fruit he prunes. That it may bear more fruit. Fruit. Already you are clean because of the word I've spoken to. Verse four, check this out. Jesus is the source of our rest. Abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. So Jesus gives this illustration to his disciples like, yo, we're in this vineyard. Look at this vineyard. Okay, so think about this. I'm like this vine and you're like the branches. Where do the branches get life from, everyone? The branches get life from the vine. I'm the vine. I'm the source of life. Apart from me, you have no life. So for our understanding, disconnected from Christ, you have no rest. You won't find it. You will chase all kinds of things, go to all kinds of sources looking for real rest, but you won't. Get it, you might get a nap, you might get a break, you might get whatever, but it won't be real rest. Your soul will still be weary. Your soul will still be looking for something deeper than just a nap, just some social media, just a Netflix binge, because we were made for something greater than that. You need real rest, refreshment at the soul level. Look at verse five. Jesus is the source of this rest because he's the source of life. Verse five, I am the vine, the source. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me, I in him. He it is that bears much fruit. You cannot produce fruit apart from the vine. Check this out, verse five. For apart from me, you can do nothing, nothing. We have nothing to offer. We have nothing to produce in us apart from connection to Jesus, abiding in Jesus. We don't get rest apart from Jesus, because he's the source. Verse six, if anyone does not abide in me, he is thrown away like a branch and withers, and the branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. Jesus is the source of life, because Jesus is divine. And what does that make us? It makes us the branches. So if Jesus is the source, then we are the recipients we are the recipients we receive rest from jesus look back at verse 2 every branch in me that does not bear fruit he takes away and every branch that does not bear fruit he prune, every branch that does bear fruit he prunes that it be, may bear more fruit jump down to verse 4 abide in me and i in you as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine neither can you unless you abide in me So it might sound really, really simple. It might sound really, really elementary, but here's the point. The only source that you will run to, that will provide the rest that you need, and for that matter are really looking for, is Jesus. He's it. Rest in Christ is better than spring break, is better than summer break, is better than eight hours of sleep. It's better than a nap. Though some of those things are right good gifts from God. You should sleep at night. God has given that to you to do so. Go to sleep. You're like, no, bro, but I, like this homework, man, Like I got an AP test tomorrow, and if I don't pass that, like I'm not going to get into the honors college at Harvard, and so I just don't know what to do. Go to sleep. But at the end of the day, real rest is only found in Christ. It's only found in Christ. He is the only source of what you're actually looking for. So if you're in here and you're weary, if you're in here and you're stressed out, if you're in here and you find yourself constantly anxious because you feel like, my gosh, if I kept a calendar, it would be full of stuff. You need real rest. And that rest comes from Christ and Christ alone. Now the question for this series that's on the table for us is this. How does real rest stir up affection for God in us? How does resting actually cause us to love God more? The first thing is this. Resting stirs up affection for God in us because it's a reminder of the current rest that we have in Christ. It's a reminder of the current rest that we have in Christ. Matthew, 28, uh, Matthew 11, 28-30 says this. This is Jesus saying this. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest your souls for my yoke is easy and my burden is light what is jesus talking about he says come to me come to me if you're weary come to me if you're heavy laden heavy laden by what wearied by what the fact that you cannot save yourself if you're wearied by the fact that you have tried your best to do good and be good so that god would love you enough come to me if you're weary and you're heavy laden if you're just exhausted by the fact that you can't do enough to earn god's love and what does jesus promise when you come to him I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Take my way of life upon you. Take my teaching upon you. Because it's easy and the burden is light, and I'll give you rest for your soul. Why do we get rest for our soul in Christ? Because Jesus is the source of the place, He's the place where we find salvation. There is no other way for you to have a relationship with God apart from Jesus. He is the one who has come and lived perfectly in your place, died in your place and gotten up from the dead. And so some of you in here are not followers of Christ and deep down inside of you, you are not at rest because you know I am not good and something is out there that is good and I will answer for me one day. That this is not all that there is and I will die one day and I don't know what happens but certainly I can't just be good enough to be good with God and that's right. And Jesus is inviting you into a relationship with himself that says he will give you rest from that weariness. And when we rest as Christ followers this side of salvation it reminds us of that rest. Every time we rest in Christ as followers of Jesus, it reminds us of the rest that he gave us for our souls in salvation that we will one day perfectly embrace as we enter glory. But when we rest today as followers of Jesus, it reminds us Jesus made a way for us to have rest. Jesus made the way for us to have rest. So when we rest, it stirs up affection for God because it reminds us of our rest in Christ. The second thing is this. It stirs up affection for God because when we rest, it's a reminder that God is a good gift giver. And he gifted us rest. God is a good gift giver. And he gifted us rest. Mark 2, 27 says this. This is Jesus speaking. And he said to them, as to the Pharisees, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath see, is a Jewish custom that was issued actually in creation, but then made a law under Moses, under the Sinai covenant. God created six days and on the seventh day, he what? Yeah, he rested. And so that was modeled in the Mosaic, the covenant with Moses, right? So the Sabbath was to be kept as a day of rest. That's what it was meant for. And then these Pharisees are walking around and they're like accusing Jesus' disciples, like, yo, they were picking some grain and eating it while they were walking out here. Pretty sure they violated the Sabbath. like, No, man, they were just hungry, so that's cool. And so Jesus says to them, the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. God didn't create the Sabbath for man to serve the Sabbath. God created the Sabbath for the Sabbath to serve man because you see, this Sabbath is a gift to man. Rest is a gift to man from God. God's invitation for you to come and rest, to abide in him, To really rest in him is a gift from him. God's invitation to disconnect from life-robbing things and to connect to life-giving things is a gift from God. So when we rest, we're reminded. God's a good gift giver. He's a good gift giver. The last thing of why it stirs up our affection for God when we rest. Because when we rest we experience God's ability to never tire and confess that we do tire. When we rest, we experience God's ability to never grow tired and we confess that we do grow tired. You see, we wanna be people who always are going. We wanna be people who are always accomplishing. We want to be busy. There's some pride in us. It's like, how many AP classes are you in? Oh, three. I I guess you're not as smart as me. We pride ourselves that we're on this club team and we go to these classes and we're going to this university and we have these things on our schedule. We love to say to people, we would never actually say it like this, but deep down in us, we love to say, I'm just busy right now. I'm just busy. Because if you're not busy, then what's the opposite of busy in our minds? You must be lazy if you're not busy. That's not necessarily the case though, is it? But in our minds, we think I've got to be busy if I don't want to be lazy. So I keep myself busy and I got to keep doing and I got to keep going because if I don't have my hands on it, it's never ever going to be what it's supposed to be. And if that's the case, then you're playing God and you think you can't let go for it to be good. So when we rest, when we rest in Christ, what we are admitting is I grow tired and I can't do everything. But God, you never grow tired and you can do all things. So I'm going to rest and I'm going to rest in you. I'm going to disconnect from life robbing things and connect to life giving things and take my hands off these things and trust that you're able and trust that you're able. Now, does that mean like, oh, cool. So I don't do my homework tonight because God is able, you know? No. Do your homework. Do your homework. But listen, here's what it does mean. If you've done things to the best of your ability and you've put forth your best effort for the glory of God and you didn't make top 8% in your school to get automatic acceptance into AM, you're not a failure. You're not. You can rest in Christ knowing that he knows better than you. And he's got the best in mind for you. So work for the glory of God and then submit it to him and say, your way, not mine. Your way, not mine. When we rest, it reminds us, we get tired, God doesn't. We can't control it. God can and does. So then, how do we rest? We've ended each of these times together with a practical ways. How do we rest? Well, if you remember what our definition of rest is, it's this. It is is refreshment at a soul level found through disconnection from life-robbing sources and connection to life-giving sources. So how do you rest? Here's the first thing for how do you rest. You need to disconnect from life-robbing sources. To find real rest, disconnect from life-robbing sources. So what is that going to mean practically for you? You might need to turn your phone off. For a little bit, you might need to hand it to mom and dad, or to or put it somewhere, and just be like, "I'm just gonna need. I need like 30 minutes without this for a little bit." You're like, "But what if my Twitter followers need me? They don't." So just take a break. You will be shocked that your friends, your family, your world won't stop. When your phone is somewhere else besides on you. We think in our brains, I do this, I do this. Some of our greatest fears in life is leaving, leaving the house and all of a sudden you like tap your pockets or you tap like your bag where your phone normally is and you're like, dear God, I left my phone at home. Oh my gosh. What if what if like the Russians take over and someone needs me? Like, you're, I think you, you probably won't be the first call. We play those games, like, what if somebody needs me? like, what if, my, what if my mom needs me? Well, like your mom's driving you, she doesn't need you right now. Just take a break from technology. When you need rest, don't run to the phone, don't run to the TV, don't run to the computer, don't run to the game console. Disconnect from technology. You're like, "So what am I supposed to do, man?" So disconnect from life-robbing things. Here's what that also might mean. For you to find real rest, for you to disconnect from life robbing things, it might mean that you need to say no to some things. Maybe you need to say no to being on the travel team. But it's gonna gonna rob you from time that you need to connect to find rest. Maybe you need to say no to the AP classes. Maybe you need to say no to the SAT prep course that nobody really needs you in, but you're taking because you're terrified that if I don't get a 2,400 perfect score, whatever the perfect score is these days, am I going to make it in life? Maybe you have to say no to those things. And saying no to those things doesn't make you a failure. It doesn't make you not what God wants you to be. It doesn't make you not excellent. It makes you say, what is necessary for me to do? What is... Just okay for me to do, but probably is going to rob me of rest. Maybe I need to say no to those things. Maybe I need to say no. Your schedule is probably busier than it needs to be. You probably could afford to say no. For many of you, you don't even manage your schedule, right? Like, mom or dad is like, this is what you're doing. Like, okay. Maybe you need to have a conversation with mom or dad. It's a conversation, by the way, not a, hey, mom and dad, Kate said that I could drop all of my AP classes. In Jesus' name, amen. That's not what I said. But it's worth a conversation. If you find yourself constantly wearied, is it worth getting on the hamster wheel and connecting yourself to something that's not actually going to give you life? So disconnect from those life-robbing sources. And then what are you going to do to find rest? You're going to connect to life-giving sources. So if I can't get on my phone, I can't get on the TV, I can't, like, I can't, I can't get on my game console, like, what am I supposed to do? Maybe, maybe you could talk to a human, like face to face. Maybe your family. You could gather around this thing we call a dinner table and have a meal. For those of you who actually partake in a family meal, you probably know how valuable it is. For those of you who don't, maybe you desire it and wish that it was a part of your daily routine. Connect to life giving sources. Sit in community. Be a part of a gathering of people that are after what you're after. It's a place that we find rest, real rest. Come and gather with the people of God to sing the praises of God and to hear the words of God preached. Come to church and find real rest. You're connecting yourself to a life giving source. Take some time and open your Bible and read it, not to check a box not because you have a time frame and you got to be at school in 30 minutes, but with no agenda, open the Bible and just read what God says and find rest. Go for a run and go for a walk in your neighborhood and pray while you run and pray while you walk. Connect yourself to a life-giving source. Do what it takes to connect yourself to a life-giving source. That might look like reading the Bible. It might look like praying. It might look like hanging out with a friend. It might look like serving somebody. It can expose itself in all kinds of ways, but you should ask yourself the question with whatever you do, is connecting to this going to lead me to and provide me with life, or is it going to rob me of life? And that's how you know if it's a place where you can find rest. Is it going to give life, or is it going to take it? The places we find rest give life. Places that don't rob us of it. So what source are you running to to find rest? Maybe you can ask yourself this question when asking, does this thing give me rest? Is this thing that I'm doing, this place that I'm going, something that reminds me that only Jesus possesses the ability to sustain me? Does this, Does what I'm doing remind me that Jesus is the only one that sustains me in this life? When I gather with my family, how does it remind me that Jesus is the one who sustains me? Because Jesus has provided you family. And the family table is a good gift of his grace to rejuvenate you. Linger at the table. He's provided you his word to read and soak in and find rest. He's provided you access through his son to speak to God and find rest. He's provided you with the outdoors to go and experience and taste and see that the Lord is good to find rest. When we rest, we're drawn in to love God all the more. We need to rest and we need to know how to rest well.